3: Right. Just so everybody knows, I'm I'm not, I'm not a Homer here, right? I just I got done with the Andy Reid interview. The Chiefs are nice That's enough bedroom. to let us use her. Right? That's your bedroom.
2: <laughs> Go Chiefs! baby. it's the shrine. We're back. Chris is back. He's back from Kansas City and or his bedroom, which was also a Chiefs shrine we had to do the podcast last week with Chris in Kansas City me here in West Virginia i would then join him in Kansas City we had a very nice dinner on friday night that was replete with alcoholic beverages although neither of us really seemed to be any worse for the wear when we had to leave early the next morning 9:15 a.m. i think that we were the epitome of moderation right. as it relates to alcohol and food didn't eat too much didn't drink too much now whether or not one of us smoked too much is a different issue altogether <laughs> yeah that's right Chris got a little smoky smoky and in,
3: in Kansas City yes he did that's right Mike got to witness it too which was even better Pete I don't think I've even told you that story yet he, he got a giggle out of it but yeah we were we were right we had a great time at dinner we had a few Chiefs fans come up to us and talk to us. Our man, Doug, he was giving us the lay of the land on the history of football, right? Uh, but we got the drinking in early, Doug from too. Little, Little Rock. Little Rock.
2: Doug Doug, Doug from Little Rock. His yep. wife is a big Mahomes fan. They drove up from Little Rock to see the game. That's right, right. And he's a, a, it was
3: a Cowboys fan, too. So he had it all going on. But, yeah, we got our drinks in early, and then we had a big meal. I don't know. I mean, I ate a steak that was... It was ambitious that I ordered it, and it was a 24-ounce steak. I, I think I ate about 20 ounces of it, but that certainly sucked
2: up some of the alcohol. Well, I got fries, and the fries consisted of taking a potato, putting it in an apple slicer, and frying the six pieces. <laughs> yeah, And right. then there's your French fries. That's <laughs> what it was. I'm serious. It was, I'm not exaggerating. It was. You're right. They, they brought out. They, they brought out. The plate with the steak on it, and there was this mound of like like what I ordered fries, and it's like yeah they they were far from shoestring, they were pretty damn good, I actually left one i felt i felt i always. I've got this ingrained in my head from growing up. You always finish your plate, but I just couldn't. I couldn't finish the steak. I couldn't finish the fries because I wanted to be right in that zone because I didn't want to be paying for it. We had an important day on Saturday. Didn't want to drink too much, didn't want to eat too much, didn't want to smoke too much. I didn't smoke any. You pulled out your little case, and you popped out that cone, and you lit that thing up, and I'm thinking – He's gonna hand this to me at some point, and what am I gonna do? <laughs> Thankfully, you never did. There was no puff, puff, pass. Well,
3: I would have, if I figured you'd want it. You certainly could have asked. I didn't mean not to offer it. I, I didn't, but yeah, Mike got the little, you know, witness the that we walked what three, four blocks, and um, not a lot of people around. So Chris lit one up and took a little stroll and let the food digest as Mary Jane did her magic. It was it was a
2: good night. We had a good time. <laughs> And now Chris can never return to Missouri, where there will be an outstanding warrant for his <laughs> right. arrest on misdemeanor charges of smoking Mary Jane in public. I don't even know if oh, it's legal in Missouri. So uh, it it well, is legal, but I don't know Peter if you're allowed to walk down the streets just
3: doing it. I don't know, right?
2: If Missouri is making weed legal, every state in the union should make it legal i know it's legal here for medicinal purposes but not yet recreational right but it's just a matter of time before every state there's money to be made and people are doing it anyway who the hell cares the world has changed all right uh, we haven't changed. We're still doing the same things on Thursday, except when we have to do it one day earlier, one day late. But today we are doing it on the regularly scheduled day. Two scheduled games. I learned this morning that the Bengals-Chiefs game isn't the early game. I thought it was. I'm glad it's not. I want 49ers-Eagles to be the appetizer because it feels like Chiefs-Bengals should be the main course. Uh, we'll get to both of those coming what up do you before think, we Mike? do that, though. I to oh, oh yeah, go ahead. Help. Do it. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to let you have a minor victory lap here. I mean, unless you don't want it. If you don't want it, that's fine. No, I'll take but it. But you sure. were three and one last week, and you're nine and one straight up. Where was this expertise I know. during the season? During the season, you sucked, and now you're nine and one in the playoffs right. against the spread. We split two and two each. Best bets one and one, but you are nine and one straight up through ten postseason games. It is hard to pick these postseason games. Yeah, it is. I I, I think this is where my film
3: study does come in handy a little, as this time of the year, just because the teams that we're talking about are the teams that I'm asked about on my podcast, and I'm consistently. You know, Pete can tell you watching film, writing notes on these teams to where, you know, again, not that I'm really good at it, but I got a good feel at least of these teams that are left. So thank you for giving me a little love there. I appreciate that. We got to figure out, too, the big thing here is, you know, what we want. to. We're going to pick one best bet today, right? I mean, we are going to do that, right? And. Are we going to pick one best bet? Are we going to pick a best bet for the Super Bowl? I, don't know. I, I know you're in the lead by a game and a half. If we don't pick a best bet in the Super Bowl, then it's over. But if we do, then I've still got a
2: chance. So, you know, that's what we got to figure out here. So, so... Are you trying to shame me into saying exactly that the Super Bowl? We do a pick podcast, and you should have to pick be one bet. and do it exactly right. That, that's exactly or, what I'm fucking. I saying. mean, it's either that <laughs> or the over/under. Right. It's that or the over/under. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> that that assumes you'll even still be alive in the competition you're after right. this weekend. Right. It's embarrassing that the, the best bets. That, it's just embarrassing uh, how bad we are. I'm proud of how we've done straight up. I'm very embarrassed by how we've done in what supposedly is our best bets. Um, I was going to say something else, and now I've completely lost track of it. But I'm, I'm getting used to that. It's happening so often that I'm getting used to it. All right, let's get to it. All then. right, let's We do will it. do it, though. Best bet for the so, – oh, you know what I was going to say? We did that thing three years ago at that bar in Miami. Yeah. There hasn't been any discussion doing that again. I don't know that I want to, but there's been no conversation about doing it, so I'm assuming we're not going to do it. There has we been have some discussion it behind the yeah. scenes. Pete tells me. Yeah, they, yeah they brought. It would it up. be nice to know. It would be nice to know right, uh, if we're yeah. going to do it or not, and it would be nice to have a say in whether or not we're going to do it, and and advance notice as to which night it would be, because there's other there's other plans that I've got made for the week that we're in Phoenix, which is a very stressful, demanding, and uh, It's a busy week, exhausting week. So, well, they'll get it to you. Don't worry, don't worry, Bobby.
3: Big time. They'll figure it out and they'll get your your schedule all figured out. You'll be good to go.
2: (laughs) Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, All right, let's get to it. All odds provided by BetMGM. There have been only two conference championship games with a spread below three points since 2000. The 2012 NFC Championship, 49ers were two-point favorites against the Giants and the 49ers won. 2000 NFC Championship, the Vikings were one-point favorites against the Giants, and Pete is reminding me that the Giants won that one. Pete, just, col- just It was a close one. It was a close one. <laughs> yeah, it was a close one. It was, it was a nail-biter. Just covered it was a the spread. Biter. Still, still, <laughs> I'm telling you, that one was easier to deal with than 98. 98. Yeah. It's harder to be in a close, hard-fought game and lose at the end than to just get your ass kicked because I, I went to bed at halftime. I was done. I'm out. See you later. I'm not watching this shit. It was horrible. Yeah. All right. All right. Wait, wait. What is what I want to ask you go. before we start both in games? Which one, because you were talking about the TV, right?
3: You know, and I know the later game usually has the advantage, but this is Eagles 49ers, and it's huge. like which one do you think is going to get bigger ratings in the game? You know, what, 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 it's really because there is the Burrow Mahomes thing, but it is Eagles Niners, huge markets, established traditional type teams there that seem to, you know, grab the attention of viewers too.
2: I think it's going to be Bengals Chiefs. I think it will. I think it's it's later. It's on CBS, and you're going to have a certain amount of people who tune in to watch 60 Minutes and drive up the rating before they realize it's not 60 Minutes. That's where the difference is going to come from. The 60 Minutes crowd is going to push Bengals Chiefs over the top. I I think they'll both be massive, and a lot of it depends upon how close the game is. Yeah, right. The closer, more exciting game is going to hold the audience. The Eagle rating last weekend against the Giants was crap because it was a blowout the 49ers cowboys rating was massive in part because it was a close game and it's the cowboys so i think it'll be bengal's chiefs cuz those are the, the 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 two more dynamic fascinating enigmatic i don't know that enigmatic is the right word there but you know what i mean they they're just the the quarterbacks that are going to draw the most attention They're stars as opposed of stars. to jalen hurts right and brock purdy right i mean uh, brock purdy is not going to put eyeballs on the screens Patrick Mahomes and Josh Burrow will. So I think that game's going to have higher ratings. But again, if one if that one's a blowout and the other one's close, then uh, it may be. But I don't know, 50 million? What a, they, they, it's it's massive. It's not as big as the Super Bowl, obviously, but it'll be more than last week. And last week, 45-7 yeah. was the number for right. Cowboys 49ers. So I think we'll be north of 50 for both of these games. And they're both close, should be exciting, should be hard-fought down to the wire games. Maybe we'll get an overtime game or two in the conference championship round. All right, let's get to it. We'll start with the early game, which I thought was the late game up until a couple of hours ago. 49ers at the Eagles. It was one and a half points for the Eagles. Now it's two and a half points over under a 46 and We broke this thing down looking at both sides of the ball earlier today. So I'm just going to give you a blank check, a clean slate. Talk about whatever you want to talk about as you walk your way through Your thoughts on how this one is ultimately going to go. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing
3: matchup, right? We've hit on this a lot during the year. These are probably the most complete teams in all of football. They don't have, you know, Burrow or Mahomes, but Jalen Hurts obviously has established himself as one of the better quarterbacks in football. That's for sure. In the MVP conversation, very important to what they do for their football team. You know, It's the number one and number two defense in football. It's like we talked about on the show today, you know, it's it's the all-look, all ask kicker team. Again, if a fight broke out between the 32 teams in football, these would definitely be two of the teams that are in the Final Four. It's just this is back to old-school, who-wins-the-line-of-scrimmage type of matchup where I feel like the AFC game's a little bit about the quarterbacks and the skill guys. But that's not to say this game doesn't have some skill guys too. It's just they played a little bit more through the physical manner maybe than spreading it out and throwing it. I think you know the biggest thing and the first thing I just I think I want to hit on is just this Eagles offense that we know is special against the 49ers defense. And again, the 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 49ers are not a great man-to-man football team, but they might have to dab dabble in some man this week if they want to stop all the things the Eagles can do in the run game. You know, but normally, hey, the 49ers want to do things, Mike, like I explained earlier today, where you know, the nickelback, he kind of plays in between the slot receiver, but he's ready to help the run game. And that's where I think you know, screen games of the receivers can be a big thing. A.J. Brown, bubble screen out in the edge, Devontae Smith, they're going to do things like that, let alone we know they're going to run the football. The Eagles last week actually simplified what they did on offense. They basically, and I heard Nick Sirianni say this before the Giants game, he went, we kind of went back in our week off and just looked at the things we did really well and then said, how can we keep doing that? And when I heard that, I went, oh, they're going to stop worrying about trying to check to this play and check to that play, and they're going to go, wait, there's some, we can just call some of these plays and we're going to be good no matter what. All right? So they can, they can impose their physical will on you in the run game, but I don't know if they can do that against the 49ers. That's going to be the million-dollar question. The 49ers' run defense and, and the Titans' run defense was in another class from the rest of football this year as far as stopping the run is concerned. They got big fuckers up front. They got fast dudes on the edge at defense and and they got the best duo of linebackers in football. And so their ability not only to stop the power run game but then the read option off that, they're set up to do that, you know, but – I haven't seen them have to play an offense quite like this all year. And that's where, you know, that's the first part of the matchup that I think is very intriguing, Mike. And and I'll leave it off there before we dive into the other side. But, you know, what kind of jumps out at you as far as the 49ers D versus the Eagles offense in this matchup?
2: Well, look, the 49ers defense consists of guys who, as we say time and again, will roll out of bed, run through a brick wall. Yeah. Sometimes the brick right. wall wins and guys get injured, but right. right now they're healthy. And that is a huge advantage for the 49ers. Now, this offense, it can run the ball, it can pass the ball. Jalen Hurts, an MVP candidate, at one point it looked like he was the favorite and was the favorite until he suffered the shoulder injury. By all appearances, he's healthy, or at least he's healthy enough to play. He's got a great attitude, he's a great leader. And I think that offense overall will rise to the challenge, yeah, and just score enough points, and again, that's the only stat that matters. points scored versus points allowed. How many points do you need to muster as the Eagles offense? This may be a low scoring game. I see this over under a forty six and a half, and I think it may be a little high. I'm not sure. It may I be close. Maybe may be close. Yeah. and I'm I'm doing the math right now on what I think my projected score is going to be. Right, and I'm going to be right over. Yeah, I got 47 total points. I'm not telling you yet how many each team is going to get, but I, it's it it could be like last week where it's nine to nine in the second half. Yeah. And a touchdown here by one team or the other is the thing that just breaks it open. It's I, not going to be you. a 14-point margin. It's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be a close, tough, hard-fought game. And that actually that actually, favors the 49ers because they just went through it with the Cowboys. The Eagles had it a little easy against the Giants. They weren't in a fight. right? And now if they're in a fight... The 49ers have a recent memory of being in a fight. I don't know how relevant that is. I remember when the Cowboys came back and beat the Texans and Dak Prescott was like, well, that'll serve us well in the playoffs. Well, you're not know, playing the Texans in the playoffs. At least for the 49ers, when they won a hard-fought game, it was against a damn good team. right? So that, that does give them, and I, I hadn't you. really thought about this, it does you. give them a little bit of an edge if it's yeah. a close game because they've just done it. Yeah, they're comfortable in that setting.
3: You know they, they, I think they are yeah defense you know they I think they opted to play that way last week like we discussed on Monday and Tuesday you know, I think they were kind of reluctant on I think they knew if we just play conservative and don't let Brock Purdy throw it 40 times a game and the Cowboys get a strip sack fumble and a one tip pass interception to Trayvon Diggs we'll win the game so I think they played conservative. But so yeah, that's where this is interesting too, Mike. I mean, I'm with you. I could see the defense's struggle, but in this one too, I could see the opposite a little too. Even though the defenses are one-two in football, we got two. Neither one of these defenses played an offense like the other this year. And then they got two very good coordinators on both sides, where. They, can, they, they know how to attack rules on the defense. They just don't call plays and go, oh, I like this play, and it's got answers for everything. They're going to call a play and go, wait, they're playing this coverage? I am going to attack this coverage if they want to do that. And that's where you know it could get interesting too. Well, I, I think that, that Shanahan and company know they're going to have to be aggressive or more aggressive than last week because it, you can't expect your defense to stop the Eagles' offense completely. You know, they're way better on the offensive side of the ball than the Cowboys. And then I also, you know, look at it and go, the Eagles put the 49ers defense in some binds that they haven't been in all year. And we saw some teams that, you know, we talked about the Raiders and the Miami Dolphins and even the Chiefs early in the year. They had an understanding of how the 49ers rules work and they attacked it and really made some big plays. That's something I'm looking at. Because, again, Mike, the the, the bind the 49ers are going to be, and like we said earlier, is they don't want to play man. So then they play these four across looks, right? And they ask, like, Hufanga to be, hey, we want you to kind of be a deep safety, but we want you to come down in a hurry and react to the run game. And he's gotten himself in trouble towards the end of the regular season by being too aggressive and letting up Devonta Adams' big plays and things of that behind him. So – Uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, you brought up a good point. I could really see the game going either way. Um, when it comes down to this 49ers defense or Eagles offense, I do think the biggest thing to me will be, yes, the controlling of the run game up the middle and couple that with the ability of Jalen hurts to keep it on the edge. And can the 49ers contain that with their front six, right? You know, with the four linemen, the two backers, can they do that? Because the moment they start going, wait, we got to put more people down in here to help out, then that's going to give the Eagles some really easy looks, and I don't think they can match up with the receivers on the outside. So that's, to me, where I really look at the key aspect of
2: that matchup. In the next last drive of the Cowboys 49ers game, we talked about this on Monday. Michael Gallup was open. Dak Prescott missed him. He should have thrown the ball to the inside. He threw the ball to the outside. It would have given them a nice chunk of yardage as they were trying to drive down the field and make it 1918 pending. Brett Maher either making or missing a one-pointer or going for two and going for the win. I raise that now because I'm curious, and this is one way to bridge Eagles offense and 49ers offense. Who do you trust more to make a big throw in a big spot between the two quarterbacks in this game, Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy? I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts. You know... Again, I, you know, Jalen Hurts is—I've never seen. Or Gardner Minshew. <laughs> i
3: throw Minshew in too. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know, again, it, it's it, I, Jalen Hurts doesn't—he doesn't blink, and the one thing where, you know, Jalen Hurts, you know, again, is, is his 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 throwing and passing has certainly come a long way. He's definitely not at you know the Mahomes Burrow level yet, but one area he's very good at it is the deep ball. That, that's the one thing he is top notch and he's elite at it. He understands how to, wait, make it a jump ball or let me throw it out there far enough and high enough to where the guy can now just go run under it. You know, he's really got a good feel for that. So I I would give Jalen Hurts the edge in that department.
2: Yeah, I I would as well. And, you know, I mentioned Gardner Minshew gratuitously, but when you think about it, you could make the argument that Brock Purdy is the third best quarterback who will be in the building. Whoa on Sunday watch it you could make you could make that argument I I know you couldn't you yeah yeah but you can't tell people that
3: right now man right now Brock Purdy is in the conversation with Burrow Allen and Mahomes as the best quarterbacks in the sport you didn't know I mean that's what it's gotten done I mean I'm hearing conversations is is he a top 10 quarterback is you know, I mean, I'm just like some of the things I've heard over the last week. I just want to go, wait, I got respect for Brock Purdy. He's doing a great job. Let's pump the fucking brakes with two feet like jam on him. Like, come on. We're going to crazyville now. You know, again, it's been really good. He's doing a lot of good things. We know this team is awesome around him. They support him the right way. Um, but but yeah, I hear what you're saying
2: there. Is he immune to the reality that. This point comes up all the time when a quarterback plays for the first time. You need four to six games of film to truly break him down, figure out his tendencies, figure out his tells, pick up on trends, know where he's going to go with a hot read, know what he's going to do, just all the stuff from the moment he comes out of the huddle to the moment the whistle blows. You begin to figure out who he is and what he is. Is he immune to that because it's more of system than it is individual quarterback traits? That's exactly it. Shanahan
3: keeps track of that stuff, right? That's where you know. Again, they're special, and like the Eagles, it's not necessarily quarterback centric. I think it's refreshing and cool. When I say that, though, people think it's disrespectful. I'm not trying to say it's disrespectful. I don't know. I'm. I I grew up with my dad won two Super Bowls as the quarter. It was not a quarterback centric team, so I don't look at that as being you know offensive. Uh, but but either way, you know, yeah, yes. I, I think the biggest thing is, Mike. To your point, I think you're spot on. It's more the system and all that. Is Shanahan just? He's creative, and because of the run game, you always have to worry about that to such an extent. And then it's like there's it's hard to have telltale signs about what he's going to do off the play action and the boot, right? You know, if they were a team that dropped back drop back past 40 times a game then your point would be very real because then quarterbacks do have specific things they do in certain situations that they seem to rely on or always do, and those become, you know, a bit bit of an issue unless you correct them or whatever, but they don't play that way, and that's, you know, that's where they're an interesting football team, and then to that point, while we're on there, I think that's a big thing of the game. You know, again, I don't mean to be like, oh, it's about the running game. I I never want to say that, but – and this one, this is this holds true in, in both sides of the matchup. I mean if Brock Purdy has to drop back 40 times in this game, the 49ers are going to lose. I can just tell you that. That's a, this is one of the best pass rushers in the history of football. So uh, again, as good as that older 49ers o line is, I don't think you know they're going to be able to sit there and protect against that group all game long, let alone they're creative with how they blitz let alone they can play zone and man behind it. They're good at both, unlike the Niners, who are only good at zone. And Debo Samuel has not been you know, as great down the field separating as maybe last year and all that because of the injuries and all that. So that's where I don't look at that as being a thing for them. They need to be able to run the ball to a semblance of at least get the Eagles worried about it and make some things easier for Brock Purdy in the pass game and play action pass game off of that.
2: So... Um, let's get to it then. Yeah. And I want to make well, one other point. Yeah. Do a cool. I do too. I don't too, think so, it's an insult yeah. to call a quarterback. I, I, I don't, I don't think it's an insult to call a quarterback, a system quarterback. I think the, 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 the wall goes like this. The system quarterback is the guy who comes out, runs the play as designed. And if it doesn't work, that's that the non-system quarterback is the guy who comes out ostensibly to run the play that's called, but when the shit hits the fan, he can do all sorts of other things, make magic, extend the play, dance around, run around, do whatever, improvise, scramble whatever, and gain your yards and score your points. That's where quarterback transcends system because everybody's operating in a system. The guys who are special are the guys who operate the system but then come up with their own system on the fly when needed. Is that a fair, I think that's a, that a fair delineation of the It's a very, too?
3: very fair assessment. Exactly right. And those guys are rare, to your point. I mean, they're very rare. And that's where I don't understand why people get so offended all the time when you talk about it, you know? Yeah, you know, Joe Burrow, to a, a point, you know, is a game manager. He's awesome at it. And he never misses, and he never makes a mistake. And then... You know, to your point, maybe not like Josh Bur- you know, Josh Allen or, or, or Mahomes, but then he's just going to make, oh, wait, people are covered. I got a little pressure. I'm going to slide around in the pocket, and boom, I'm going to hit a 20-yard crosser as I'm kind of running up in the pocket, you know, to where, hey, yeah, it's – you and know, I, I don't want to call Joe Burrow a system quarterback, but I think I'm just trying to make the point to you that system quarterback, a guy that relies on the system, there's nothing wrong with that. There's not. Troy Aikman. Damn, good team, executed the system to a perfection, made all the big clutch throws in the big moments. The stats will never go 350 yards, three touchdowns, none of of that. But the importance and the timing of the big throws was important. And that's where I think Joe Burrow is amazing. Like, hey, there's a touchdown to be had in the second quarter. He's open by four inches. Boom, touchdown. It's never like, oh, I missed it. They missed an opportunity, and now they got to kick a field goal. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So, so that that's the big thing, um, and I'm I'm with you there. Hey, well, one other thing too, I want to make a point with with the the Eagles' defense and the 49ers offense is just that, you know, Jonathan Gannon and what they do on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they do a lot of stuff. That's where I'm excited to see what Shanahan has in store for them. Gannon was, you know, you know, painfully simple last year, and even a little bit early this year. But he, like, opened Pandora's box, and, man, they do everything now. And that's where, you know, again, I don't think the 49ers can be as conservative on offense as last week. I think there's going to have to be some more trickeration in the run game, more trickeration in the, you know, play-action-pass game, and maybe a few more reverses and speed sweeps and things like that um, just to keep this Eagles defense off balance. All right, so let's get down to it. Let's do it.
2: Two-and-a-half-point favorites are the Eagles. All right. I got mine written down. Okay. I ain't changing it based upon what you do. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go Go first? Go ahead. You can go first here. I've said all along that the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. The 49ers have this nucleus of badasses, and if you keep them healthy, they should be able to get to the Super Bowl and win it. And I still believe that. But in certain moments, quarterback play is relevant. Quarterback play is critical. Quarterback play is the potential difference maker. Am I ready to trust Brock Purdy to go to Philadelphia to cap his rookie season by beating the number one seed and advance to the Super Bowl? Am I convinced that he can sufficiently shut down his humanity that he can sufficiently ignore how he's feeling inside, the churning of his gut, the spinning of the gears in his brain as to what this win would mean to him as an NFL player, how it would unlock a future filled with wealth and fame beyond his wildest imagination because he never imagined even playing, much less taking a team into a conference championship game. I'm not going to assume that he can ultimately do it and be the difference maker. And I say that fully aware of the fact that he is the ultimate system quarterback, that he's a bystander at times to the exploits of Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, and that the passes he throws aren't low percentage needle thread. It's guys wide open because the defense is, is... trying not to get gashed by the running game. And so Kyle Shanahan swoops in with a play that just works perfectly. And there's George Kittle to make the catch and rumble with it another 20 yards. So I, what I decided to do was split the baby, thread the needle. And, and I remembered a time years ago when the 49ers went to Philadelphia, they were underdogs and it was the 2011 season. It was the dream team year for the Eagles. The 49ers had been bad the year before. It was Jim Harbaugh's first season and I picked the upset. I picked the 49ers to win the game 25 to 24. They won the game 24 to 23. So I like that number, 24 to 23. But what I'm going to do 11 years later, I'm going to take 24-23 and I'm going to flip the outcome. Eagles 24, 49ers 23. Eagles advance to the Super Bowl, 49ers cover, I'm covered either way. I'm covered either way. So if the 49ers win, I'm at least picking them with the points. Maybe I get lucky and it's a one or a two-point game and Eagles win and I get both, but I'm willing to give up one to have the other. Eagles 24, 49ers 23. Yeah. I, I Listen, you said a lot of good things
3: there. You, you really did. Uh, you're you know I think with a lot of the things I would totally agree with what you said with Brock Purdy and that situation I, understand that. Um you know I, I think all, also I look at this listen I, I picked 49ers Chiefs before the year. Uh I I I want to stay with that. You know who I'm rooting for? I want my buddy Kyle Shanahan to win and win the Super Bowl. That's no disrespect to Nick Sirianni of the Eagles. But my true football evaluation and getting down to that, I think the Eagles are going to win the football game. I'm going to take the Eagles 28 to 20. I do. I just look at it and go, I think the Eagles got more answers to the problems the 49ers pose as compared to the other way where I go, ooh, I don't know what the 49ers' answers are going to be in this thing. And I got to, you know, Shanahan, I know, is magical, as you know, and you said too. But I I, got to see it because as I I, he's going to have to show it to me because I can't imagine it or figure it out right now to exactly how I can look at it and go, you know, oh, yeah, they are going to move the ball up and down the field on the on the Eagles defense all game long or or, oh, yeah, they will have all the right answers to stop the run and cover the freak shows outside in the past game. So that's where I go with the Eagles. I think it's going to be an awesome football game. But I think ultimately the talent of the Eagles, them being at home, and yes, it's still a rookie quarterback to everything you were saying there. I just can't go with the Niners, not logically. I'll be rooting for them in my heart and all that, but my brain says the Eagles are going to win.
4: Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines
0: welding instructor alex Declaire knows vr training platforms like forge fx help students master their skills there's a big learning curve with welding virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact
1: Dietz and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection then twice baked to layer the flavors it takes more time but you can taste the difference we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
2: All right, there you have it. We both picked the Eagles to win. Chris picks the Eagles to cover. I picked the 49ers, getting the two and a half. 24-23 for me, 28-20 for Chris. Now we go to the late game, the game that as of a few hours ago I thought was the early game, and I was very happy to be wrong. I haven't been... That happy to be wrong about something in a long time. Bengals Chiefs under the lights at Arrowhead. Maybe there'll be a little snow in the air. Who knows? It would be fitting for this one, especially since they tried to put this game indoors in Atlanta, and it would have been if it had been Bills Chiefs. Right now, we've got the Chiefs as one-point favorites. Earlier today, I think it went back to even. Pete, you may want to check that. Check BetMGM. Whatever BetMGM has right now, we'll go with. It's even now. Is it even, Pete? Oh, Is that I, Pete talking to me? I think it's Chiefs won. It was even earlier. It went farther
3: to the Chiefs. Still,
2: yeah. All right. It went, so yeah. Right now, it's a, it's a liquid market. Right now, the Chiefs are one point favorite. So it was Kansas City minus two and a half. It swung to the Bengals minus one. Now it's Chiefs minus one, and that was the way it was yesterday. Some of the markets are back to straight up. We're going to go with Chiefs minus one for today's purposes. So. As I did with the other game, Chris, I give you blank slate, clean check, or clean slate, blank check, whichever right. the case is. I like I it. I little cynicism
3: there. I like it.
2: What do you, what do you, want? To, what do you, I've been hanging around you way too much <laughs> and it's the secondhand smoke from Friday night. What, uh, what, 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 do you, what do want, where do you want to go on this one? Well, you know, I guess
3: let's start, let's start with the Bengals O and the chiefs D right. Then go there first. Right, I, I, you know, and again, these games have been awesome. They've been close as hell, right? You know, it's a little bit been just like who has the ball last almost wins the game to a degree. You know, in the four, in the three matchups, I mean, again, and Pete, you could correct me, or Mike, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the the Chiefs were winning in the fourth quarter in all three matchups, and you know and again it it was 21 to 3 in the AFC championship game the regular season matchup last year I think it was 21 7 and 28 14 at one point the Bengals still won and of course this year I think it was 24 17 uh Chiefs at one point early fourth late third so I might be off there a little bit but you know with this and um where did I say I was going to start with the Chiefs D and Bengals O, right Yes, Start that's what I said. Whatever you
2: said doesn't matter.
3: Go right. wherever you want to go. Well, I, I mean, the, the biggest thing is just like, can the Bengals offensive line do what it did last week? I, nice. I Again, I think that's why, you know, I couldn't pick them to win the game because of what we saw the weeks before that, where I went, man, this offensive line couldn't block Baltimore for shit. They couldn't run. They couldn't pass. They couldn't do anything. And on the road in Buffalo... You know, again, I don't think any of us saw that coming. There's a reason Vegas had Buffalo as a six-point favorite at home because they went, holy shit, the Bengals offensive lines back to the way it was with Joe Burrow his rookie year. But then they come out and play their best game of the year. So that's where I don't know what to expect. The one thing I do know, though, is the Chiefs' D-line is better than the Bills' D-line. Definitely, 100%. So they pose more problems for them there. So that's the first thing. Can Chris Jones get off in this football game? You know, the first matchup, Alex Kappa was all over him and blocked him by himself, and it's really like the only guy in football I've seen block him by himself with, with that kind of success. Alex Kappa, yeah, he's, it doesn't look like he's playing. Or Jonah Williams. So, you know, there, how much does the Chris Jones factor become an issue? But the biggest thing, Mike, is to what we broke down on PFT today for me in this part of the matchup. The Chiefs' d has to be more expansive and diverse, and they have been towards the end of the year. But in the previous matchups with the Bengals, as I showed, we showed some clips right this morning on PFT, if anybody wants to go back and watch it, where you know the, the Chiefs' formula versus Joe Burrow has either been like blitz, all-out blitz, to where, okay, wait, we don't have enough blockers, and I just got to get it out quick, and he's good at that. Or they would just say, uh, hey, crazy disguise, and then we end up in some form of cover two. Lots of different versions of it, but still cover two. But within that, like I've explained to you before, the Bengals then just go, wait, okay, it's an all-out blitz game, and it's a cover two game. And they can get to all their cover two plays that all work against Tampa two, two two-man, quarters, quarter, quarter, half, whatever, whatever kind of two-deep defense. And that's just, Joe Burrow's too good. You know, like Mahomes or Josh Allen, if you just play the same coverages all the time, they're gonna be like, oh, oh, okay, it's that one again. Okay, boom, and they're gonna they're gonna be surgical. And Burrow's the best zone quarterback in football. The Chiefs, when they got down 14 to three in the matchup this year earlier, they started to go outside. They went creativity, you know. They went to start doing some exotic type things, and it gave the Bengals offense some issues. That's my big thing, Mike. They can't sit there and just go blitz or cover two. It's got to be, hey, double chase and play, man. Hey, we're playing zone, but we're playing man on one guy. They got to change up the looks. You know, send some blitzes every now and then because if Burrow gets too comfortable, like we saw in the second half last year in the AFC Championship game or the game earlier this year, it's just going to be slow death for the Chiefs defense. And to me, that's something I really look at that they got to change up a little
0: bit.
2: Yeah, look, I, I agree with what you're saying. And Here's the reality. The Bengals' offensive line did hold up well against the Bills, and I expect them to hold up well against the Chiefs, in part because Burrow gets rid of the ball so quick. He understands that the clock moves faster when you don't have the same level of protection you otherwise would have. And he's fearless. He stays in there and takes the hit. He doesn't do the the Tom Brady duck and cover move that we saw result in an interception that really, that really kind of made the game over before it was officially over that Monday night to start the wild or to end the wild card round. Excuse me. So I I think the Bengals offense will be fine. I think the ability of Joe Mixon to run hard, even with 60% of the starting offensive line gone helps balance out. We talked about that last week. Joe Mixon needs to have a good game to allow the Bengals to operate their offense, and he did, and I think he'll have another one. They thrive in these moments. They love these moments. They live for this. And the more the Chiefs feel determined and driven and compelled to win this game, I think the Bengals just they 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 love doing this. They love going on the road in the postseason. They love beating the Chiefs. They're not freaked out by the moment. Joe Burrow rises to the occasion, and the more he's doubted, You know, because we're thinking, all the Chiefs are due, all the Chiefs are due, and maybe it's gotten so much people talking about the Bengals expected to win that the Chiefs are going to get. I think there's a little bit of that stew of determination and motivation, and you know, if I'm a if I'm a member of the Chiefs, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. What else do we have to do? Well, it would help if you could beat the Bengals under Joe Burrow. That would help. Well, that's right. I I, I, I think that both teams are going to be. Both teams are going to be motivated. Both offenses are going to be motivated. Right. I think this could be a high-scoring, exciting game because the offense is going to be driven to go out there and just move the ball, move the ball, move the ball. And I think the Bengals will be able to move the ball against the Kansas City defense because number one, Joe Mixon will be able to run it. And number two, Joe Burrow will get rid of it quickly. He, and, he will. and you've got all those receivers. The three receivers and Hayden Hurst. The, somebody's going to be open. He's going to know. You know, he's he, he's gotten to the point where. Usually got to be in your thirties for this. Uh, exactly. Where you look at the defense and you know what's going to be there. He already knows what's going to be there in only his third season. Yeah,
3: that that's where I, you know I was trying to kind of say that before, as far as him being like a game manager or whatever. He just knows how to play the game to win the game. The right, you know, to win the game. He's not always into like, oh, wait, this will be an awesome play and highlight and great throw if I fit this down there in the first quarter for a thirty-yard gain. He'll he'll sometimes you'll go, oh man, he. I should have thrown that, but he's also going, Eh, hey, no, I'm just going to keep us in a good down and distance. Not take that chance. It might be an interception who I don't like it. He doesn't push the envelope until he has to. Uh, and that's I think exactly what you're kind of trying to say. He's showing a maturity that you don't usually see from a young quarterback. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll echo a point. You've heard me say through the year, you know, the Bengals offense is simple, but they have great talent at the skill positions and, you you know, something I've tried to say on the podcast, and Tony Romo said it in the fourth quarter of the game, and I know you've heard me say this already, Mike, but, you know, th- th- that's why the diversity of your defense is crucial against the Bengals. Because once they figure out how you're playing, you know, that's what they did last week. They were motioning people against the Bills, and they figured out they had a great feel, and they knew how the Bills were going to adjust to certain motions. And then they ran the ball into looks that were like, Oh wait, the Nickelback is in, he has to stop the C-gap run with a pulling guard. Well, the Nickel gaps not he, the Nickelback's not going to win that. You know, oh, it's a cover 2 game and then they get to their even though they're kind of basic and they lack creativity, they're still right schematically on how they attack, you know, the how they're being played. You can't do it. You got to take a little risk every now and then and and you know, I showed the play during PFT today where they doubled Jamar Chase. They got to do that every now and then. They got to dabble in man to man coverage every now and then. They got three corners who are supreme athletes. They don't want to live in man to man, but I think they got to take a chance every now and then. You know, and then to that point, you could crowd the line of scrimmage a little every now and then to where Joe Mixon doesn't go off. So we'll see what they do. You know, again, it's hard to say some of those stuff, and, you know, you want to play man and do some of those aggressive things. But then the first time you get beat by Jamar Chase for a 50-yard bomb, you go, shit, I don't know if I want to call man again the rest of the day. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how the Chiefs attack the Bengals' offense.
2: I I agree, and I still have faith in Burrow, Yeah, and I think they're going to move the ball, and they're going to score points. The question is, will they score enough? So we flip it over to the Chiefs. Yeah, Can the Chiefs score enough? Can the Chiefs score more? The Patrick Mahomes injury, we know about it. Supposedly a high ankle sprain, but he's moving around fine. And, you know, we're always looking for what may be happening next level. Like, did he will himself to walk normally to throw us all off the trail? Why didn't he limp? You know, that's the ultimate rope-a-dope. Why isn't he wearing a walking boot? I mean, really, if he's fine, if he's fine, why wouldn't you wear a walking boot to the podium? Why wouldn't you limp off the podium to make the Bengals think you're going to be impaired and then all of a sudden you're Superman on Sunday? So it's weird how it's all playing out. If he truly had a high ankle sprain, it's odd to see him out there running around, doing things in practice, but he looks... He looks fine. That doesn't mean he's going to be able to do the stuff that makes him so special when he's running with the football in panic mode, as he explained it to me back in December, the the same day they beat the Texans. And he threw that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar crossbody hook shot, which he says he just morphs into panic mode and things happen. And usually it's good things. So I don't know what to expect from Mahomes, but what do you expect from the Chiefs' offense, generally knowing that Mahomes at least isn't a hundred percent. Even if it's ninety nine, he's still not going to be hundred percent.
3: Yeah, you're right. I think the the biggest thing, or the thing I feel confident is, that, yeah, he's not going to be able to run outside the pocket and then have somebody chase him and wheel back around the other way and then break somebody's act. like that. I don't think we're going to see that. That that no, but. You know the the uh, the aspect of that, and you know, is one thing that, that I know you know is the Bengals don't let quarterbacks do that. Josh Allen couldn't do it last week. Mahomes really hasn't been able to do it in any of the matchups against the Bengals. They are very good at understanding how to keep quarterbacks in the pocket. His movement within the pocket is the most important thing to me. Like we saw in that first drive of the game last week against the Jaguars. Just, hey, moving. Ooh, boom, throw here. Ooh, wait, I got a little pressure. Oh, jump throw. Oh, wait, I'm moving and now I'm being thrown to the ground and boom, I still throw it on the money. As long as he can move within that realm there, you know, he'll be okay. He's not going to be as dangerous as he normally is, but Stan, he's, you know, it's like we talked about. One legged Mahomes is probably still a top 10 quarterback in football. Um, the other thing here that you know has given the Chiefs problems are, are a little bit what I was just kind of trying to say. The Chiefs need to do to the Bengals. You know, the Bengals have every defense in the world. They do it all, and they're good at it all. That's why you and me believe Lou Unruhmo should be a head coaching candidate. He's one of the best defensive minds in the game. And, you know, part of that reason is probably because he plays Joe Burrow on in in offense during training camp and OTAs, and he goes, damn, if I just play the same coverage a few plays in a row, they get to their plays and I can't stop them. So, you know, he's learned that the great quarterbacks, it's no longer just like, hey, this is what we do, and we're going to be sound and do it the right way. You can't beat any of the good offenses and great quarterbacks that way. And the, the Chiefs have had issues with all the coverages being thrown at them. Like the clips we showed today, three-man rush. You know, sometimes it's cover three. Sometimes it's Tampa two. Sometimes it's cover three and somebody's just man on Travis Kelsey. Sometimes it's man-to-man and they double two guys. And it's still a three-man rush. They do so much on that side of the ball. And they're great at zone and great at man. But where the Chiefs are different, Mike, and where we talked about this, and I think this Week 13 matchup was part of the lights going on for the Chiefs a little bit. They're not just a Mahomes show right now. Like we saw last week, they have a real tangible run game you have to defend for the first time in the Mahomes era. They can play smash mouth, and you can go, whoa, they ran it up the middle on us the last two plays for 25, 30 yards. Holy crap. So that is where I do look at this game a little bit to where if they can rely on the run a little, you can maybe simplify – the Cincinnati Bengals to where they can't always worry about, oh, we're going to play these coverages and have guys dropping all over the place. You start running, you start calling more basic defenses because you want to make sure, wait, I want to make sure my guys are in place to get in the gap to stop the run. And that'll be something, you know, Andy Reid's patience with the run, their success running the ball against a very good run-stopping defense. uh, That'll be interesting to see if they can have a little success there just to open up the other things we talk about.
2: All right, let's get to it then. I don't know how long we've been going, but it's getting up on uh, the top of the hour. And yeah. I, I think we didn't get started all that. All Too that late, maybe 10 minutes late. The start the right. last hour. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Pete says we're doing well. We don't have to take a break in this one. This is all continuous straight through. So we could go as long as we want or as short as we want. But, you know, we got other things to do, including the impending call of nature, which uh, is becoming Thank a factor, you. quite frankly, for me. So, uh, let's get to it. Chiefs, uh, sitting Pete and, and not, not for the reasons, not for the reasons that Chris and I were discussing on PFT live. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, and hovering will not be happening either. Okay. Uh, Bengals chiefs, one point favorite for these purposes are the chiefs. Chris, give me your pick. Give me your score. Well, you know, like I was saying, well, I, I want to hit on this just before I do like
3: the run game, screen games, all that are going to be important for Kansas city. They are. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a part of me too, that, you know, I, I just wanted to add this where the Mahomes injury, like we talk about so much when the backup quarterback in, comes in now, the offensive coordinator go, Oh wait, we got to, Hey, we got to help this guy out. We got to do this. This might add them, you know, making them add a few more wrinkles to their game plan that maybe you wouldn't see on film. Because they go well, we got to help Mahomes a little bit. I'm interested to see that aspect. And the other thing that bothered me about the first matchup earlier this year, and you heard me say this on PFT, and I don't know where this comes from. I don't know if it's Valdez Scantling or Kadarius Tony or whoever, but there was a number of passing situations where the Bengals played to stop the eight to twelve yard pass. Where I'm going, oh my gosh, it's the Chiefs and the 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 safeties are nine yards deep. This is unreal. Because it's like they were just waiting for the crossers or the fake crossers and the in-cut, and they were going to play that. Chiefs got to hit some deep balls to back them off a little bit too. And they haven't been great at that this year. All right, this game is so fucking awesome, I can't wait for it, all right? Because I think it's legacy. It's two teams that are chippy. I think both locker rooms are selling to each other that nobody respects us and they don't expect us to win. And I think it's the first time the Chiefs can legitimately sell that to their locker room in a while, let alone they've never had a team where they look at and go, wait, we can't beat this team? I mean, what's going on here? And then there's the Mahomes-Burrow angle. Mahomes not at 100%. Bengals probably the most complete team in the AFC. But I got to go with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs got playmakers. They're at home. I think they're going to be motivated. I got to see the Bengals' offensive line one more game do what it did last week. I just I don't believe it all the way yet. So uh, let me get my score here, but I'm picking Chiefs 24-20 over the Bengals, which will give it the Andy Reid Bowl, Eagles versus Chiefs
0: in the Super Bowl. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
1: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop.
0: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
4: The legends are true. overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! And
2: that would be one hell of a Super Bowl. All of these permutations would be great. Bengals 49ers for the third time ever would be good. Bengals Eagles would be fascinating for a variety of reasons. Chiefs 49ers, of course, a rematch from three years ago. All right. Um, Look, the Bengals didn't just go into Buffalo and win a fluky game. They went in and kicked the shit out of the Bills on both sides of the ball held them to 10 and scored 27 in the snow with all the emotion and all the factors and all the intangibles favoring the Buffalo Bills the Bengals went in and took it and they thrive on that going in and taking it they love it it's you know at home in the playoffs they they, yeah, they score seem underwhelming, and almost right? lose. I know right they, they almost lost to the Raiders in the wild card round last year it was a final drive by Derek Carr and company it was that remember that that controversial call at the back of the end zone with the quick whistle with Joe Burrow ro- rolling to the right when he threw the ball. And, and that, oh, well, that may have been the difference in the game, even though it happened in the first half. Still, it, it hovered over it. It wasn't a convincing win. This year against the Ravens, it came down to that dive, and the ball comes out, and Sam Hubbard goes 98 yards the other way. But then they go on the road, and that's when they become guy who walks up to you. David, it's, it's not just David getting lucky with a stone in Goliath's forehead, David goes up and takes Goliath's lunch money. That's what's amazing about it. It's not fluky. It's not weird. It's not wonky. It's not some bad call. It's just the Bengals show up and kick your ass like they did to the Bills on Sunday. So, so with Mahomes injured, and, you know, it may just be you're trying to sell to everybody he's going to be fine, and then we're going to find out otherwise that he's not. He's still the best quarterback in football. He's still a notch above Joe Burrow. He's got an MVP award and a Super Bowl MVP award. Burrow's got neither, but Burrow's working on it. But I said after Sunday, the ease with which the Bengals beat the Bills, I am never picking against the Bengals again. Ever. Again. And I can't break that because I inevitably will. This time, I've got to go Bengals. 30-27. to 27, One of the all-time great conference championship scores one that I hate that was the final score of the 98 Vikings Falcons game when the road team won in overtime it wouldn't be wouldn't it be perfect if the game goes overtime tied at 27 and the Bengals win 30 to 27 that's my pick I don't feel good about either one and I wish we didn't have to pick these games I want to just watch them and enjoy them with no rooting interest whatsoever based upon being right Both these games are going to be awesome, Chris. I don't feel good about either pick, uh, but but I got to go until somebody beat the Bengals.
3: I hear you. I got to stick with the Bengals. I hear you. I I I hear you there. It's it's uh, there's a lot to respect about the Bengals, even though
2: even hey, you and I both abandoned one of our Super Bowl teams. I picked Chiefs Packers as my Super Bowl, and usually my 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 rule of thumb had been I always pick my Super Bowl team to win in the postseason until they're done because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, right. but the season plays out and you feel differently about it. And I feel differently about the Bengals.
3: Yeah. I and mean, listen, they, they, they're, they're tough. They're gritty. Like you talked about, they seem to thrive in these you know type of instances. So that's, I, I understand it. I, I feel less comfortable about this game than I do the first game. You know, that, that's the first thing. And that, that's where I, I mean, my best bet, I'm going with the Eagles as far as my best bet. That's the one I feel best about. Um, you know, and not that I feel totally great about that either, but yeah, the other one is so close and it's Kansas city at home and it's, you know, we, we lost three times and, and then it is Joe burrow and their magic. So I just, I'm not going to touch that one. I'm scared of it. Dear
2: Kyle your good friend (laughs) whose initials you have tattooed on your leg is picking your team to get the shit kicked out of (laughs) it all right I type fast um uh, my best bet my best bet because I'm I'm done with tying my angst to who wins or loses I'm taking the over in the Bengals Chiefs game 47 and a half are you kidding me 47.5 for those two offenses on a day when they are going to be wired to push the ball down the field and score. 47.5, I would have gone over 57.5. That (laughs) 47.5 is way too low. Watch, the final score is going to be 13 10. Give me the over for Chiefs Bengals. Okay.
3: All right. We got it. Boom. That's it. There's no Folsom County Blues here, or whatever the hell we call it, right? I mean, we're not going to do that. It's the championship weekend. I'm not guaranteeing anybody to lose. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Folsom Prison. Sorry. <laughs> uh, b- b- first of all, first of all, it's
2: it's Folsom Prison, and and for those of you who have been watching the podcast all season long, and maybe weren't involved a couple of years ago when we got this started, the whole Folsom Prison Blues thing, we never have time to explain it during the actual show because it's it's recorded to fit a one hour window on Peacock and Sirius XM eighty five. It, it this all flows from one of the great scenes of. The film Walk the Line with Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon. Awesome. Johnny Cash, June Carter Cash, biopic. But uh, he, he's he's in and it's always that moment. I love in these these movies about like musicians or whoever, you know, with the moment that it all kind of lightning strikes. I know this is a long windup, but, but bear with me. He's in there playing some crappy gospel song and the guy at the record studio is like, what are you doing? You don't really believe that. I want you to play the one song that you would play if you were dying in a gutter and you only had time to play. One song before you expired. What's the one thing you'd want to tell the world? So that's where the whole Folsom Prison or Folsom County Blues comes from. And I say all that knowing that we've just agreed not to do one this week. Yeah, and I think it's fair not to do one. These games are too They're close. They're too good. Yeah, too damn close. Right. To go out on a limb and say I guarantee a win. No, no way. way in hell. No I, way. I'm with you. No yeah. Folsom County or Folsom Prison Blues pick this week. But uh, uh, to summarize, we both like the Eagles to win. I like the Niners to cover. Chris has the Chiefs to win and cover. I've got the Bengals to win and cover. Chiefs has the, or Chris has, or Chiefs, Chris has the Eagles as his best bet, and I've got the over for Chiefs-Bengals. That's it. We'll see what happens. We'll break it all down next week, and we'll do, I assume, a picks pod in connection with the Super Bowl. You know it. We got to. Maybe, and and maybe at some location in Arizona some undisclosed to me location where actually members of the public can show up that'd which, be awesome uh, i don't know how i feel make about you it smoke weed before that show. i'm gonna
3: bring a big fatty and make you smoke. it's legal some. there oh, okay oh oh
2: <laughs> i'm already i'm already scoping out the dispensaries in the vicinity of where we'll be staying so, boom awesome uh, we're gonna have some fun in arizona yes we uh, are all right that's it thanks for some of your time We will see you weekdays for PFT Live and also Chris Sims on Button to check us out at ProFootballTalk.com. Enjoy the games. We'll break them all down bright and early Monday morning. See ya.